Time once again for the Built by Bama Online podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you as we move into the month of July. That's right, the final month without college football until February. We are on the verge of the start of fall camp at the University of Alabama and elsewhere. We've got SEC Media Days coming up. We'll touch on some of all of that with Charlie Potter, my colleague there, at BOL. Charlie, welcome once again to the Built by Bama online podcast. It's good to be here, man. I feel like it's been a minute. Uh, you know, just trying to enjoy the offseason, getting out of town a little bit, but it's good to be back and good to be talking football. The season's going to be here before we know it. We've got the 4th of July upon us, Charlie. You a big fireworks guy? I used to be, and I don't have anything against them. I just, I guess I'm just too lazy to go fight the crowds and, and buy them these days. Um, we have a pretty quiet neighborhood here in Tuscaloosa, so I think we might be the youngest people on the block by a good 20 years or so. So I don't know how much they would appreciate that. And I'm, I'll probably just, you know, go home and enjoy the fireworks from, uh, um, you know, Lake Gunnersville back home to Boaz. So that'll, that'll probably be the extent of my fireworks celebrations this year. Nothing wrong with that. Now we have three kids, so and they're all pretty much grown now. But when the kids were younger, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. And especially when we got to that stage where we got into mortars and things yeah. like that in the driveway, you know, and and the wife is sort of semi losing her mind that, you know, the kids are gonna lose digits or something <laughs> like that around the mortars. Uh we had fun with those. But yeah, they kind of I don't wanna say outgrown it. But uh, it, it's not the, the celebrated activity uh, that it once was around Casa de Ryer. Uh, and, you know, it, are we oversaturated with fireworks shows now? Have we do we have too many of them? You know, it seemed like it, back in my day, Charlie, you know, work with me here. They, they were fewer and farther between. Now it seems like we got fireworks shows uh, all the time. I, I, it's like they're they've jumped the shark maybe in their frequency. What do you think, Charlie? Yeah, and I, th- I do think that, like, I don't get excited to see fireworks unless, you know, we're somewhere like Disney World, and even there, you just kind of, a lot of times, you see yourself just walking past them, so I have become a little bit desensitized to that, but I think I agree with what you were talking about a little bit ago about um, how once you get older and into your teenage years, the, the level of intensity of those fireworks go up, and I guess also, you know, having one too many you know, near-death encounters will probably do it to you where you just be like, maybe not this year. Maybe we'll just, you know, get some sparklers or something. Uh, no Roman candles this year. But I do think that, yeah, I mean, you'll we'll catch ourselves, um, you know, being like, oh, that's, I guess that's fireworks going off in the distance. We didn't even, uh, you know, think about it or, um, you know, think about going and watching them or anything like that. So I have become a little bit desensitized. I agree with that. And, we're, you know, you're you're a, a baseball fan, and now every ballpark, it used to be maybe a major league team on the 4th of July would have a fireworks show once a season, but now it's like every Friday night at the minor league ballpark. I mean, we got fireworks all the time. People must love them, though, because they show up for those nights. They love the fireworks, uh, we as Americans do. Something else we love, Charlie, and we're eventually going to get around to talking about it, is college football here in America. And... <laughs> Wanted to get with you specifically on the Alabama secondary for the 2019 season. But first, a few housekeeping items of note when it comes to Alabama football. Uh, We do have SEC media days upon us. I've kind of been polling 
media types throughout the week as we prepare to uh, learn exactly who is going to represent SEC teams in Hoover coming up in a few weeks. From the Alabama perspective, let's talk some candidates that make sense in terms of accompanying Nick Saban to Hoover for SEC Media Days 2019. Who are some of those guys? Uh, could we see a repeat visitor this year? Um, could we see a quarterback uh, for Alabama, I guess, for the first time in, in a little bit. Uh, what do you think in terms of the most likely candidates for Alabama uh, making that trip to Hoover? Yeah, you look at it, it, it's kind of a trend of who goes. A lot of times you see your award winners, uh, the veteran players on the team. So I think a guy like Tua is all but a lot to go. Um, your quarterback usually goes, especially if he's a returning starter, um, if he's good with the media and Tua is, and if he's a guy that it was coming off a good season and won awards, which Tua did. So I, I think um, you know, I would be shocked if, if Tua doesn't go. And you know he's going to face some questions about the Manning Passing Academy. So it's going to be an interesting time in Hoover for him for sure. And you stick with that theme. And you look at some of the other award winners. Uh, a guy like Jerry Judy is coming off a stellar season where he was the Bolitnikoff Award winner. Um, you know, he's a guy that you know, maybe he has to be in a little bit of a, a good mood and, and um, you know, laughing a little bit to, to open up. He's kind of more on the quiet side. But, you know, I think in that kind of setting when there's a lot of attention on him, uh, I think that he could do well in Hoover. Um, you know, a guy that was a finalist for the, the Buckus Award, uh, Dylan Moses, he's a guy that's really well-spoken. I think he's a, a potential candidate as well. And then Alabama likes to bring um, at least one senior. That's kind of been it's MO, even though it could always go away from that. And, uh, you know, last year, Anthony Jennings went as a redshirt junior. And I think he did a pretty good job, so he's definitely at the top of the list. Um, I don't know about a guy like Trayvon Diggs, even though he's really good with, with reporters. Uh, you know, obviously, he's coming off an injury, so I, I don't know if he's someone they would think to bring that way. But you look at the, the list of seniors, and it's not a very long list. So I don't, I'm not really sure um, you know, which way they go. Raquan Davis is there. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think is getting better and better with reporters. Um, I, don't, I don't think a guy like Matt Womack would make the trip just because you know, he's not a solidified starter at this moment. Uh, you know, guys like Josh McMillan, Jared Baden, we don't hear from. Shaheem Carter, maybe a dark horse candidate. Uh, he's more on the quiet side, just like Jerry Judy. But they have some some choices to choose from. Um, yeah, I think, though, if I were going to be a betting man, I, I know Tua is going to be there. And I would expect that a, an award winner like Jerry Judy will be there as well. And that leaves you the defensive side of the ball. And you, you talked about Anthony Jennings making that trip to Atlanta last year. Uh, but Dylan Moses, kind of that guy in the middle, uh, expected to take on even more of a, a leadership role and a play caller role from the defensive standpoint. I guess he would make a lot of sense as well. When you talk to a Jerry Judy Maybe Anthony Jennings and Dylan Moses, would you say from those four guys, we're most likely to see three of them represent Alabama along with Nick Saban? Yeah, most definitely. Unless just they throw a wrench in it completely. Uh, I think that, um, you know, one of those guys or three of those guys will be there. If, if I had my pick um, just from a personal standpoint, not what I think Alabama would do. I would go with with Tua, uh, Dylan Moses, and then a combination of either Miller Forrestal or Jedrick Wills. I didn't mention them earlier, but both of those guys are really good interviews, Jedrick and, and Miller. But, you know, 
I think that Jerry being a, an award winner and being a guy that's going to be on every first team All-America team this year in the preseason, uh, it's going to be hard not to get him to go. And, and Dylan Moses is a guy as well uh, that's going to be on a lot of those teams. Uh, we've seen a few of those trickle out already. And um, I think with, with two of the season he had, the awards that he had, um, and then Jerry as well, and then the, the potential season that Dylan Moses has coming up, I think we could see Alabama potentially go with three juniors in, in Hoover this year. Interesting stuff. Um, I'm going to go ahead, by the way, Charlie, and start the campaign for 2020 SEC Media Days. It's time for a long snapper. I'm going Thomas Fletcher <laughs> in 2020. What about it, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, um, the last time we <laughs> talked to Thomas Fletcher in that uh, Naylor Stone Media Suite, I believe, was when he was an early enrollee. And, um, you know, I don't know if there's any indication, but we haven't talked to early enrollees since then. But no, I mean, Thomas was good when he came up then. And, and obviously he's made available in the postseason. And, um, you know, I haven't talked to him since, but he was a good interview. And um, he's active on social media and uh, likes to share some things. So when when a player does that, I'm always uh, you know, eager to hear what they have to say because they're a little bit more open than others. So we'll see. Uh, maybe they get back on track if they go with those three juniors this year and, and like to bring a couple seniors. He could be one of them. Specialists are people too, Charlie. And uh, we're going to go ahead and rep for for uh, Fletcher coming up in, in 2020. Fletcher 2020 will start the campaign uh, right now. Hey, something else we've seen here in the last little bit. Uh, time of year for All-American, preseason All-American teams to be released. The Sporting News, the latest to do so. Uh, strong representation from Alabama on this All-American team for the Sporting News. Uh, there was a lot of interest in maybe how the first-team All-America uh, quarterback roles would play out. And we saw with Sporting News, uh, Tua Tagovailoa not the choice of that publication as the first team All-America preseason quarterback. No, he wasn't. And that's going to be, you know, one of the biggest debates uh, all offseason long because, um, you know, those are clearly the top two quarterbacks in the country. I think people can maybe make a case for Jake Fromm, but nobody's going to argue with Tua and, and Trevor Lawrence being the top two. And, and yeah, Lawrence got the, the first team nod here and Tua was on the second team, but Alabama was, was well represented. Clemson had the most first teamers with three. Uh, but Alabama had the most overall selections on the first and second team with seven. So on the first team, you had uh, Jerry Judy and Dylan Moses, who we've talked about a lot already. And then uh, Alabama had five second teamers with two at quarterback, um, Alex Leatherwood at offensive tackle, uh, Raekwon Davis, Anthony Jennings, and safety Xavier McKinney. So you know a lot of uh, names you would expect. Um, maybe a guy like Jedrick Wills to get some attention there. We've seen Najee Harris on, on some others uh, at places like Athlon and across the country at other publications. But uh, you can't really go wrong with the guys they've picked. Um, yeah, I think seven just for you know the two first teams is really good. And like I said, Alabama leads the country in that regard. And uh, just looking at the, the league as a whole, the SEC had the most first-team All-Americans with eight, and I think uh, the Big Ten was next with seven. So uh, as one would expect, Alabama and the SEC does really well uh, in these publications. But, um, you know, Clemson's right there. You know, they have the most first-team selections. Their quarterback is, is ahead of Tua, and, and that's going to be, like I said, a discussion that, that has had all offseason long. Yeah, to the victor goes the spoils when it comes to the, the quarterback deal with – Trevor Lawrence and, and Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I'm happy to see Anthony Jennings get some recognition at that All-America level. Just based on the way this guy 
has performed against Clemson the last two years. Six and a half tackles for loss in those two games against Clemson uh, two years ago and then most recently in January. But Anthony Jennings, Charlie, a guy that when we talk about the outside linebacker position and not to go too in-depth at that spot, but because of the presence of Terrell Lewis, even with the injuries, the recruitment, signing, and development of a Yabi Anoma. You also have Christopher Allen there. Uh, just a guy that it seems like, uh, in some corners anyway, people haven't learned their lesson about Anthony Jennings and what he means to this football team on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, he's really important. Um, you know, I'm, I'm counting down the top 25 most important players uh, for the upcoming season. And um, you know, just on what's the day? Wednesday, Tuesday, uh, I had Jennings at number nine overall. He's the number one outside linebacker. And um, he's a guy that because the position's so deep, like you just mentioned, I think gets forgotten a little bit, but uh, I, I think his importance to this team, um, you know, shouldn't go um, unnoticed. Yeah, He's a guy that's been productive. Um, you know, he's, it seems like he's been here uh, for a long time now and has been productive in all of his years. But I think one area where Anthony uh, kind of gets, um, it doesn't get mentioned enough is his leadership off the field. He's a player that you hear from people inside the program that when he speaks, everyone listens. He's kind of that alpha, um, you know, off the field. And uh, a lot of people, I don't want to say fear him, but he's a guy that, you know, he gets a lot of people's attention. And I think a lot of people in that locker room respect him. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, I, I know that Dylan Moses is getting all this uh, preseason attention and deservedly so. He's a very, very special player. But, uh, when you just mentioned a senior leader, someone that could potentially represent Alabama and Hoover for a second straight year, uh, the first place person you go to is Anthony Jennings. So you know, he's a guy that I know Alabama is glad to have back, and he's going to be leading a, a deep group of outside linebackers into the 2019 season. Charlie, what we really wanted to get into on this edition of the Built by Bama online podcast, which you can access at uh, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Megaphone, iTunes, Apple, wherever you access uh, your your podcast, you can do that with the Built by Bama online pod. Wanted to get into the Alabama defensive backfield, who, when we last saw this group, in game action anyway, it wasn't a very pretty end to the 2018 season. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence with a big, big game against the Alabama defense there in the national championship game. Uh, but we did see the return of Trayvon Diggs from injury in the spring. Uh, you combine that with the continued development, and we'll start more at the corner and star positions, I guess. The continued development of second-year guys like Patrick Sertan II, also Josh Job. Um, and, and, and I guess, do you feel better uh, on the heels of that performance in, in, in Santa Clara? based on what you saw in the spring, and I guess the, the versatility that you have there, right? Uh, I kind of went into the spring expecting to see Trayvon Diggs jump right back into that star role, but in the A-Day game anyway, it was Patrick Sertan the second that we saw inside a good bit. Yeah, I think Alabama has um, some really good versatility um, in the defensive backfield, especially at corner. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the end of last season and obviously Trayvon Diggs wasn't able to play. He got hurt in the Arkansas game, was out the rest of the season. But when Savion Smith went down, um, you know, Josh Job went in the game, I thought played pretty well. 
against a talented, um, you know, Clemson passing game. And I think he kind of made those strides in the spring, and a lot of people had a lot of good things to say about him. So you know what you got in Patrick Sertan. Uh, he's a freshman All-American and a guy I think a lot of people are expecting to take that next step this year. And you have a guy like Trayvon Diggs, um, you know, who's been mentioned as a potential first-round draft pick, uh, lean, uh, going into his senior year. I think when you add the the possibility of Job into that equation, um, you know, Alabama feels really good about where it sits at the cornerback position. And that's not even mentioning, you know, Shaheem Carter, who's a guy that was dealing with a sports hernia injury in the spring, who's been a mainstay um, at star. And so I think they have some flexibility. They could obviously move a guy like Shaheem Carter back to safety. Um, they, they can move a lot of things around in nickel and dime. So um, the possibilities that this secondary presents, especially at the cornerback position, I think is really interesting for Alabama. And we haven't even mentioned, um, you know, the young guys, uh, guys like Jalen Armour Davis, who's, who's going to be healthy. Um, you have a bunch of young guys coming in that are versatile, that can play both corner and safety. I think a guy like uh, Marcus Banks is going to be interesting to watch. Uh, the summer enrollee, um, you know, Scooby Carter, um, he was able to go through the spring. So if they have options at corner. And I think uh, it's one of the deeper positions on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I think just they feel good about Trayvon and, and Patrick Sertan. You know what you're going to get in them. But, you know, what happens with Josh Job, where they can move Shaheem Carter around, uh, it gives them a lot of possibilities. I think Nick Saban and company feel pretty good about that. You mentioned Shaheem Carter, and, you know, we saw that he was coming off, I guess, sports hernia surgery there in the time between the end of the season and then spring drills. And we saw him mostly with that second group. And this isn't to to downplay the potential of strides made by Jared Maiden at the safety position opposite Xavier McKinney. Um, but for me, it's difficult to imagine an Alabama secondary to open the season that doesn't have Shaheen Carter in its top five or six guys when you include the nickel and the dime and and what you just outlined with him, the potential to play safety. We've seen him play star at a very high level. In fact, I would go as far as to say he was Alabama's best defensive back uh, in the win over Georgia in the Southeastern Conference Championship game. I think he had three pass breakups uh, in, a, in a strong performance against the Dogs. Um, you know, understanding that Maiden worked with the ones in the spring from pretty much wire to wire. Xavier McKinney's a given, both at safety and I guess at the money position still in the dime. Uh, the three corners we outlined. How does Shaheem Carter fit into all of this, in your opinion, Charlie? Well, yeah, I think one of the things that you mentioned is most interesting is because he was limited and worked with that second group. So it was almost just like he wasn't a factor, but it wasn't because of anything he did. It was because of injury. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it goes back to what we've been talking about. Alabama has options. And so if you look at their nickel secondary, um, say you keep Patrick Sertan or Trayvon Diggs at star. So the other one is going to be at corner. I think you could potentially play Josh Job at the other corner, play Xavier McKinney at safety and Shaheem Carter at safety. Then once you move to, to dime, you could see a lot of what we saw last year where Jared Maiden comes on. Um, as that extra defensive back, and then either Shaheem Carter or Xavier McKinney moves down and plays the money position, more likely Xavier McKinney in that scenario. So they have a lot of options. Um, you know, you haven't even mentioned guys like uh, Daniel Wright, who's going to be healthy, Eddie yeah. Smith, who's made strides. Um, they have three um, really young um, safeties coming in 
guys like Jordan Battle, uh, who's a top 100 recruit. Um, you and I have been really high on DeMarco Helms, and he's a guy that can play in the box. Uh, Brennan Turnage is a versatile defensive back. So um, Nick Saban was very, very weary of the depth at safety uh, in the spring, but they're going to have some some guys coming in. But with the, the reemergence and, the, and a healthy Shaheen Carter, they're going to have a little bit more options back there. So uh, it's going to be really interesting to see you know, how this secondary looks when we go out there for the first few practices fall camp and if that's going to be the exact same secondary we see when Alabama takes the field for Duke because they can move a lot of guys around and have a lot of different combinations of players that can be effective back there in the secondary. With the addition of Scooby Carter who we saw in the spring and you know some of these guys like Jordan Battle uh, that have since come into the program DeMarco Ellums, uh, Marcus Banks, would you agree that Alabama from a pure talent standpoint will go into this fall camp in a better place than it was a year ago in the secondary? I do. Um, you know, and that's not a knock on guys like Deontay Thompson. Um, you know, I think that Deontay had a really strong start to the season and now he's uh, in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I don't know if Alabama's missing Savion Smith too much with having Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Sertan the second back, but I think Alabama feels a lot better about the depth um, within its secondary. If you look at the other positions, I know we kind of talked about outside linebacker. Um, you know, defensive line is going to be obviously deeper with with all the the players they have coming in. They have six freshmen on the team now, and guys like LeBron Ray and others are going to be taking a a bigger role. But I really think that the secondary, at least on paper, going into fall camp, we'll see how things play out and how the things go in the early part of the season. But right now. Um, yeah, I would say the secondary is the strength of this defense, just because you have so much returning. You have Trayvon Diggs coming back. I don't think that could be um, you stated enough. Just the the loss that he was, uh, the the loss, the effect of the loss that he had last year that had on this team. Um, and you have Patrick Sertan, who's another year older. Xavier McKinney is going to be a guy that's going to be in in the conversation for a first round draft pick next year. Jared Maiden's another year older. Uh, the list goes on and on. These guys that are just continuing to develop and progress in the system. And I think that Alabama definitely feels better about where they are. They have a lot of young talent coming in. And I, like I said, I think this could be the strength of this defense, at least right now, heading into this 2019 season. I had someone recently ask me from uh, covers a team that, that Alabama plays on an annual basis, you know, what's the area to attack? What's the best way to attack this Alabama defense and my answer was well just do everything Clemson did you know have an elite quarterback with elite options at the wide receiver position an all-america type running back to go along with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and then oh by the way you know have Trayvon Diggs out have two of your top edge rushers for Alabama out of the game like Christian Miller and Terrell Lewis were in that national championship game and also have at least the ingredients it seemed like at the time for a defense and a team in general to sort of lose its poise like Alabama did on the big stage uh, out there in California. That's something we haven't seen a lot of under Nick Saban, at least not in the last 10 or 11 years, for Alabama to sort of lose its poise uh, in a big moment like it did in that game. If you can just combine all those things, Charlie, then I think you got a great shot. Of, of doing what Clemson <laughs> Clemson did to Alabama during the upcoming season. Let me ask you this, Charlie. Pick one of these defensive backs on this 2019 roster that you think is most valuable uh, on the back end of the, the Crimson Tide defense. One guy. 
I, I would like to pick Shaheem Carter just because his versatility, but I got to go with Xavier McKinney. Um, I'm really high on Xavier McKinney. Um, he's a guy that's going to be really high on these these rankings that I'm doing. Uh, you could see last year, especially in the postseason, um, you know, just how he kind of took over back there in the secondary. Not that he was taking over play calling or anything like that, but he was the better of the two safeties down the stretch. And, you know, Deontay Thompson was the guy that earlier in the year we were talking about could be a potential first-round draft pick. So I think that, um, one, his talent and now his experience and then what is going to be his leadership uh, are just invaluable traits for this secondary. Uh, He's a guy that's going to get them lined up. Uh, He's a guy that's going to bring intensity. He's not afraid to help in the run game. And we've seen what he can do kind of as a center fielder back there, um, intercepting a couple passes and returning one for a touchdown. And I just think that um, you know, he's a guy that Alabama is going to be leaning on, on and off the field this year. So um, you, you look at the, the players that visited the podium last year, um, it was Tua and Xavier McKinney. And then you obviously had Josh Jacobs uh, for what he did early on in the Orange Bowl. So um, I think it shows just you know, how much this team and this coaching staff trusts him. Uh, what they expect of him, and I think he's going to have a huge season. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. He hasn't had any uh, injury issues in the past because I think he could be in for a really, really special season. Yeah, rock solid start to finish. I agree that Deontay Thompson's first month of the season was All-American caliber. I don't think anybody would argue with that, but from start to finish, it'd be hard to make an argument against Xavier McKinney as Alabama's most steady safety on the back end of that defense a year ago. I like Trayvon Diggs. I think Patrick Sertan the second, if we're talking highest ceilings in the Alabama defensive backfield, he would probably be my choice there. And I love the pick of McKinney. I agree. I think he's critical to everything that's going to happen back there this season. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, I think is sort of a combination of Patrick Sertan's upside uh, and then Xavier McKinney's versatility because you can do so many different things with Trayvon Diggs and you know Trayvon Diggs you look at him 6'2 205 you look at the prototype corners in the National Football League today like Jalen Ramsey that's what those guys are they're 6'2 205 so in terms of physical skill set um, everything you could want in that corner slash nickel sort of guy there in the Alabama defense Charlie as we wind things down here When you look at this schedule for Alabama in 2019, as far as the regular season goes, and when are we really going to get a feel for whether or not the anticipated improvements have been made in that Alabama secondary? Uh, Is it South Carolina in mid-September? Is it not until we get into October, maybe even uh, Texas A&M with Kellen Mond? Uh, certainly Joe Burrow with those wide receivers at LSU. At what point in the season do you think we'll get a more clear understanding of exactly where this group is at? I think it could be as early as South Carolina. Um, you know, looking at these opponents on a weekly basis, starting with Auburn and counting down to, to Duke, I've made my way down to South Carolina, so it's almost wrapped up. But, uh, you know, they returned Jake Bentley at quarterback. Uh, he's going to be um, you know, a senior leader for that team. Uh, you know, he's coming off a really impressive performance at the Manning Passing Academy. And uh, you know, I know that Debo Samuel is not going to be back, but they have plenty of, of options that are coming back around him. 
Uh, Brian Edwards is back, and he's a guy that was you know considering turning pro uh, a year early. So you know, his stats weren't far off from what Debo Samuel was able to produce, and um, you know they have some other guys returning uh, as well around him. So I think it could be as early as South Carolina, but I don't agree with the, uh, I don't disagree with the teams that uh, you threw out there. Uh, you know Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Uh, is going to be a challenge for sure. And, uh, you know, Kellen Mond, his dual threat ability, uh, can, can pose some threats for Alabama. Uh, LSU, yeah, that's always a tough game. It's going to be in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, Joe Burrow has another year, um, another offseason, rather, to prepare and a full season under his belt in Baton Rouge. So we'll see. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the, the schedule goes. Uh, you know, Jared Garantano at Tennessee. Um, another year older again. As these guys just continue to, to progress and develop in this league. Uh, it's not the the most threatening schedule, but there are some blips on there that Alabama has to be paying attention to for sure. Yeah, no Daniel Jones for Duke right out yeah. the gate. For the second straight year, Alabama misses a first-round pick at the quarterback position. It was Lamar Jackson with Louisville last year, Daniel Jones and Duke to crank up this season. It looks like it'll be Quentin Harris. Uh, instead, as we let you go here, Charlie, on the Built by Bama online podcast, give me one of these newcomers that you think is most likely to land a role of some sort of significance. Is it possible even for one of these newcomers to to find a spot kind of like a Minka Fitzpatrick a few years back? Um, it, you know, there have been seasons where we've gone into fall camps and thought, well, it, it's going to be really difficult. And it would look to be the case this time around as well. Uh, but there are competitions ongoing. So one of these newcomers that you think has a chance to fit into a, a spot. Does it have to be limited to the secondary? Well, yeah, we're going to talk. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk just DBs. Uh, maybe it's a guy like Jordan Battle with his versatility, oh. corner safety, that that type of thing. That's exactly who I was going to say. Um, you know, there are other freshmen out there. I think they're going to have some some opportunities. But I think Jordan Battle. Uh, he comes in at, at listed at 6'1", uh, 201. Uh, I'm not sure you know how accurate Alabama's uh, roster is, but that's what he's listed at as a recruit. And um, you know he, he's a guy that you can see is already kind of building relationships with the the older guys. Um, I know that Alabama's defensive backs, at least four of them, race the wide receivers in a four by 100, which isn't always you know the smartest thing to do. But Jordan Battle was was eager to get out there and run. I don't think he actually did. I think they went with more of the returning starters. But uh, he's a guy that I know is eager to get on the field. Uh, he has the prototypical body uh, to to play either safety or or corner. And uh, I think he's a versatile athlete. We've talked about that and how important that is. Guys like Shaheem Carter and Trayvon Diggs and Xavier McKinney, they can play all over the field. And that's what we saw from both Minka Fitzpatrick and Ronnie Harrison when they both came in as true freshman and, and played, um, you know, right away. And I think that it's going to be tough because, you know, the, the way that we laid everything out and the guys that are returning, but I think if anybody has the best chance to do it is Jordan Battle. 11 interceptions last year for Alabama defensive backs. I think uh, uh, a, a good a good answer uh, to a trivia question is going to be in future years, who led Alabama in interceptions each of the last two years, really, when you look at Mac Wilson in 2017, and then last year, Savion Smith with three led the way. But 11 interceptions for Alabama defensive backs last season, following a year in which Crimson Tide secondary members had 12 in 2017. With that, I'm setting the over-under for interceptions for Alabama 
defensive backs at 11 and a half for the 2019 season. Charlie, you going over or under that? I'll go over. Um, you know, we were just rolling down the, the schedule and there are some, some threatening offenses out there, but not as many as it seemed like last year. And, you know, with the healthy Trayvon Diggs, with some of these younger guys being um, more mature and having that experience under their belt, uh, I think Alabama could easily get over that number for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go over too. I, I like what Alabama brings back. That's again, assuming the health is sustained for guys like Trayvon Diggs and uh, Patrick Sertan and Shaheem Carter, Xavier McKinney. I think between those four guys, there's an opportunity to perhaps go over the 11 and a half. Should be interesting to watch coming up in the 2019 campaign. Well, as always, Charlie, a lot of fun having you here on the Built by Bama online podcast. A lot of good stuff on Alabama's defensive backs for the upcoming season. Have a great 4th of July, Charlie. And the next thing you know, we're going to be talking SEC media days for real with fall camp shortly behind. Yeah, no doubt. It's coming up pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, happy 4th to you and happy 4th to everyone listening out there. Enjoy it. As always, we do appreciate our listeners, our subscribers there at BamaOnline.com. Continue to follow the website. A lot of recruiting news this time of year from both Tim Watts and Hank South do an outstanding job of keeping you up to date on Bama recruiting. Charlie, myself, Kirk McNair, we'll do our best on the team side of things. And keep it locked right here to the Built by Bama Online podcast. Have a great holiday weekend. We'll talk to you again real soon.